0: Thanksgiving and turkeys. It's a favorite American tradition. Today is November 1st, but people have already been planning holiday meals. But turkey has gone up in price this year, and there's no guarantee the price won't rise even more. Inflation is a culprit in the high cost of turkey. But there's another, more sinister reason. Over 7 million turkeys have died this year as a result of avian flu. Turkeys are particularly susceptible to this disease, which is spread by wild birds. It takes farmers months to recover from these losses due to the long decontamination process. And all, turkey production is down 10% from this time last year. It may be a Thanksgiving to remember. Avian flu inflation, the war in Ukraine. We live in times that are always changing. But remember what God said to his people in Malachi? I, the Lord, do not change, so you are not destroyed. And that's still true for us today. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And on this very first day in November, we're in a second day in a series called Good News for Ukraine. No one a year ago would have expected that we would be well into eight months of war in Ukraine. And it doesn't seem to be lightening up. A few weeks ago, Ukraine made major advances to push Russia out of its Eastern territory. But that was meant by missile and drone attacks from Russia on their infrastructure, including Ukrainian power plants. And that's not good as the temperature drops and winter approaches. For many, it feels like a hopeless situation but my friend Sergei Rakuba from Mission Eurasia says this tragedy is being used by the Lord in amazing ways.
1: The church became the leading spiritual force in the midst of this crisis. And the church is shining, you know, in the midst of the war, you know, arising from the ashes of all the war destructions. And, you know, we can report, you know, community after community. If there is a church there, The leadership steps steps up and provides all the help that community needs, either a shelter, you know, food, uh, you know, other counseling services. So the churches became those spiritual hubs for refugees that are looking for support in the midst of this war, in the midst of the crisis. And we get reports, Charles. So when people are looking for a safe place, many are leaving lots of people, that stay there in those half-destroyed communities, giving their lives to Christ, seeing how the church is ministering in a very practical way, bringing the gospel, you know, in the midst of their tragedy. And we get reports this whole summer, you know, so the churches baptize new believers, you know, a lot more than they've done a few years prior to this war. So we see that awakening there in the midst of this uh, uh, unbelievable uh, crisis and tragedy. And people are leaning on God. And uh, working with churches, we we want to equip and empower them to continue bringing the gospel to them when they are in so much need.
0: That's Sergei Rukuba with Mission Eurasia. And we'll hear more from one of his volunteers, a young Ukrainian man named Andrei who had to flee his home in the East, but is serving refugees like himself in this time of need. And I think it's inspiring. After the program, I wanna give you an opportunity to serve along with Andre and Sergei with your donations for Christmas boxes for refugee children. Haven Today is partnering with Mission Eurasia to package and deliver thousands of Christmas boxes that are filled with toys and candy, socks or mittens, school supplies, and most importantly, hope. Yes, each box includes an age-appropriate Bible in the Ukrainian language. Often it's the Jesus Storybook Bible by my friend Sally Lloyd-Jones. Join us in sharing the hope of Christ with thousands of displaced children this Christmas. $25 sends a box of hope. So why don't you call us after the program. And the number to call is 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. Or go online and watch the video where Sergei shows what a Christmas box looks like. And you can make your gift when you visit haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. Now let's get this program started. Now let's get this program started. Here on Tuesday, November 1st, Jeremy Camp opens Haven Today.
2: Will I believe you when you say Your hand will guide my every way Will I receive the words You say every moment of every day? Will I will walk by faith, even when I cannot see? Will because. me to rid my endless fears. You've been so faithful for all my years. See you.
0: Everybody has to do, but Christians, especially in Ukraine, are having to do this right now. Walk by faith. Jeremy Camp opening a haven today called Good News for Ukraine. I'm Charles Morris, and I want us to travel to the western part of Ukraine, and I want us to meet a young man named Andre. He is a refugee. He's working as a volunteer with Mission Eurasia to fill the Christmas boxes for refugee children. We asked him to share a bit of his story of escape and why he's helping out and how the Lord has ministered to him in a very difficult year.
3: On uh, February uh, 24th, I had to leave the town. I used to live in Zaporizhia, which is uh, closer to Eastern parts of the country. I had to flee to Western Ukraine with uh, a small team from our church. And uh, here in Western Ukraine, we managed to mobilize some resources, some international help and start uh, minister here uh, with what we can. We deliver food packages, uh, clothing items, uh, hygiene packs to uh, Eastern Ukraine or anywhere where hostilities take place or used to take place. So uh, this is how uh, God blessed me with an opportunity to serve people of Ukraine, being myself a refugee. The last two months have been very difficult in terms of uh, just heavily bombarded with missiles. Like every night, a rocket hit uh, uh, a re- residential building, or so- someone was killed. Houses were damaged. It, it's just heartbreaking, you know, to see. It. Even now, my voice, is, <laughs> my voice is shaken. So yeah, it's kind of horrible to see all, all of it. Thankfully, my family is now in uh, Europe, uh, mainly in, uh, Le- in Lithuania. Our Christian friends uh, received them as refugees. And as for me, uh, now I'm in Western Ukraine, Zakarpattia region. During this time, I, I, I realized that I don't have so many friends. And uh, just the fact of uh, appreciating Jesus as my friend that he uh, the Lord himself has become my friend, it just uh, makes me feel so it just uh, kind of breaks my heart to to think of it and uh, I especially felt it in uh, the time of of war yeah that's when you uh, start to appreciate the friends you have and uh, the salvation that Uh, Jesus himself gave to you. Children in Ukraine, they have been through a lot this year. Missiles, explosions, injured people, or or even killed people. And uh, this holiday season that's coming uh, will definitely be very very different. Uh, And some children might have to spend their holiday and pre-holiday time uh, not around uh, their loved ones, but instead Away from home or even in bomb shelters. Right now, the preparations for the Gift of Hope project are in full swing, and uh, uh, the project itself is called to bring um, at least some solace to those children having had uh, their childhood stolen by the war. We hope that these small presents uh, containing sweet treats like toys, warm clothing items like hats, gloves, and uh, children's Bibles will speak to the hearts of the children of Ukraine and help them feel that they are cared for. And uh, this holiday season is going to be very, very different uh, from those that we had before, especially for Ukrainian children. As many of them will spend their holiday time not around their loved ones, but instead far away from home or even in a bunk shelter. We know that children need, above all, attention and care, and uh, hopefully this gift of hope uh, and life communication with volunteers of Mission Eurasia will be of some comfort to children in Ukraine that are hurting and suffering the aftermath
0: of the war. This is Haven today in a program called Good News for Ukraine. And if you would like to join Andre, in helping refugee children through Mission Eurasia's Christmas boxes. Stay with me, and I'll share with you again how that you can help in a few minutes. February 24th. That's when Russian troops entered Ukraine, and they started what I would describe as a war. It's been eight months, and still the war goes on. Some thought it would be over by now, and I'm praying it does end soon. But sadly, it just keeps on going. Putin doesn't withdraw. Ukraine refuses to back down. We could look at this war as the story of a power-hungry Nebuchadnezzar trying to seize control of what didn't belong to him. And if we did that, it would help us reflect on ways we see power corrupting our own hearts and how we can serve the Lord here and now, forgetting about the power and influence that we crave. But I see something else in this war. I see resilience. I see steadfastness. In the face of incredible opposition, the people of Ukraine continue to hold firm. Some of them are Christians. Some of them turning to the Lord and finding their strength. And for so many, their faith is the only thing they have left. It's a story of resilience in the face of danger. And in that story, I see the story of the Lord's people. The Apostle Paul wrote that our war is not against flesh and blood. We, as Christ followers, are not called to conquer the world with swords and armies. We aren't called to fight against people, to beat them into submission, or worse, to kill them if they disagree with us. Paul says this is absolutely not what Christians are called to stand for. But sadly today, many Christians seem to have forgotten that. But I believe Paul was truly serious. Our war is not against people, even if people wage war against us. Instead, Paul said, our wars with the powers and the principalities, the networks of darkness and the kingdom of the prince of the power of the air, we fight a spiritual battle, not a physical one. That's Paul speaking. And he wasn't just saying that. Paul went through his life, embattled and warred against. He was beaten. He was persecuted. He was even stoned. He was left for dead. He knew what it was like to have people against him. The early Christian church knew what it was like for people to try to snuff them out of existence. We can miss how incredible it is that Paul was still able to say, our war is not with flesh and blood. If anyone had good reason to say that, it was Paul, this apostle. He could have given us a detailed agenda for how to wage war against those who want Christians dead. He could have given us and laid out battle plans. And he did, in a way. But not battle plans on getting even or regaining the upper hand. He gave us plans on how to fight spiritual battles. Listen with me, too. His marching orders found in Romans 12. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal. But keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope. Patient in affliction. Faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. If every Christian in the world put these marching orders into practice, what would the world look like? It's an amazing thing to think about, and sadly, it's not a reality. Too many Christians today are chasing power and influence. Too many today are willing to wage war against flesh and blood. But Paul's words come through clear and loud. Sincere love, true sincere love that flows from our devotion to our Lord. It just looks different. It hates evil. It clings to the good. It has the ability to recognize wrong and it refuses to join hands with evil. It refuses to make the means justify the ends, but love is not apathetic. Sometimes we hear this distinction between physical warfare and spiritual warfare as a call to be removed and uninterested in the physical well-being of our neighbors and the world. That's not true. Paul says that sincere love is full of zeal never lacking in zeal. But here's the point. Serving the Lord, devoted to one another, sharing with those in need, practicing hospitality. This is what spiritual warfare looks like on the ground. And when you think of it, it's overflowing, full, zealous, unwavering commitment to the good of those around you. It looks like humility in the face of violence. In other words... It looks like Jesus. And Christ Jesus spent his life with those in need. He didn't raise up an army to attempt a coup to take back Caesar's throne. He simply lived his life full of zeal for the good of those around him. He never acted proud, and he wasn't ever violent. He was unwavering in his commitment to his people. He blessed his persecutors. He did not resort to violence. And at the end of the day, he was considered a threat to those in power. And so he was put to death. His commitment to us went way beyond his life of love and service. It took him to the cross, where he won the spiritual battle once and for all. Our sin, our guilt, our shame, all laid on him. And his commitment to us didn't lead him to shy away. Instead, he was faithful and even resilient. He was so committed to our salvation that he went through the crucifixion for us. And instead of inflicting harm on others for his own gain, he let himself be harmed to save others. War still today is waging all around us. And yes, of course, it's in Ukraine, Eastern Europe. But we have an anchor in the storms. Christians don't have to fall in line. We don't need to promote violence and to endorse violent leaders. In fact, the Lord calls us away from that. He calls us to wage a different battle. He says, as long as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Now, that's a high calling, and it's one we constantly need help with. But it starts with our faith. Who are we looking to? Who are we trusting in? Are we trusting in the Lord when he says he is enough for us? Or are we looking for more or something or some way outside of our Lord? In all this, we are called to reflect on our Savior. An unwavering commitment to our neighbors, an unrelenting pursuit of their good, not our good, our faith in the Lord leads us to where we need to be. And by faith, our Savior, Jesus, will lead us home.
4: By faith we see the hand of God. the pa
0: Keith and Creston song called by faith on a haven today good news for Ukraine well I'm so glad we could join up again with friends at Mission Eurasia today both Sergei Rakuba and Andre with millions and I'm not just making that up millions of children displaced this Christmas Mission Eurasia wants to help send a hundred thousand Christmas boxes of hope to children living in very hopeless situations. And that's why Haven Today is partnering with Mission Eurasia. They are already working with hundreds of churches in Ukraine, Poland, Moldova, throughout Eurasia to package and deliver thousands of Christmas boxes to traumatized and displaced refugee children. You can help share the hope of Christ with thousands of these displaced children this Christmas. $25 will send one box of hope. Yes, filled with some candy, essentials like mittens or socks, but very important, an age-appropriate Bible to a single refugee child. How many refugee children can you help this Christmas? And let me remind you as always that Haven is not taking a dime of what you give for the Christmas boxes. 100% of our gifts for Ukraine go to Ukrainian refugees. So pray about your generosity, what you can send, but you need to do it right away. Christmas is coming soon and we need to wire the money for the boxes. Call us at 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. Or let me suggest, watch the video on our website where Sergei shows what a Christmas box looks like and then decide, And pray about what you can send when you visit haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And just as we have to go, if you wanted to but just didn't get around to it last week, we still have the American Underdog DVD for your gift to the ministry as well. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks so much for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again together we'll share the great story It's all about Jesus, here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. We've all heard that phrase. It's about as common as baseball and apple pie. And what a mental picture it gives you. Someone reaching down, grabbing the straps of their boots, lifting themselves higher and higher. It isn't possible, is it? Gravity makes fools of us all. But it's just as impossible to climb up to God by our own good works. The people of Israel were tempted to think that way thousands of years ago. So the Lord sent a prophet named Habakkuk with a message. See, the enemy is puffed up. His desires are not upright, but the righteous person will live by his faith. Don't try to pull yourself up to God. Trust in Christ instead. Get started with Anchor Devotional today. Visit GetAnchor.com.